0: Hi, I'm Lisa Moore, one of the pastors here at Coastline Church in Victoria, B.C. Welcome to our podcast. All of the content you'll find here is meant to point you to Jesus and to encourage you in your journey wherever you're at. Enjoy the message. Good morning. And can I say Happy New Year? Are we close enough? Yeah? Wow. Wow. It's so fun. Uh, I just love uh, what Lisa shared with us, that we started church on the 1st and we get to end on the 31st. I didn't even think of that. That's really cool. So thanks for coming today. Wow, full house, um, uh, all the campuses together. And uh, so just appreciate you being here. Yeah, keep squeezing together. I still see people standing in the back. Good problems to have. Don't get discouraged if you didn't find a seat. Come back next week. Uh, We'll make sure that you have one. It might be in the West Shore. Right? It can be in the West Shore, right? Yeah. What's that? At the nine, there's room. Yeah, but that's okay, we're at, I'm just glad you're here, so let's just be together. So yeah, Lisa mentioned where we're headed today, but we're going to wrap up this series called Light and Easy, and the the point of this series has been to approach the holiday season not with a sense of heaviness, and though even though our topic today is a little bit heavier, a little bit more weighty, the goal is, is that you leave feeling lighter, that's the goal, and we've rooted this whole series in Jesus' words in Matthew 11, where he says, listen, come to me if you're heavy and burdened. Sometimes life feels heavy and burdened. Yeah? Would you agree? Sometimes it feels heavy and burdened. And he says, come to me when you feel heavy and burdened, and I will give you rest. And then he goes on to say, my yoke, in other words, when you are joined to me, is light and easy. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. And so we want to change. We want to exchange. We want to take Jesus up on his invitation to lay down heavy and burdened and to pick up light and easy. Amen? So that's been the goal. So we've talked about the things that hold us back from being able to actually take up that light and easy because, you know, we've got to let something go if we're going to pick up what Jesus has for us. We're going to let go the heaviness, the burdens. And so we've been talking about things that hold us back spiritually. And so we've talked about stuff, about distractions, about control. And today I'm going to talk about letting go of the past, letting go of your past. And, um, you know this is a this is a, a, a powerful thought and a powerful message and I hope we create a beautiful pathway that really sends you into 2024 with excitement and energy. Um, I'll start with a story. Uh, when Lisa 13 years ago was giving birth to Mia, um, our our fourth child, um, I was ready. I was like a like a, a veteran. Dad, like a veteran supporter. And so I went into the room ready. It was early in the morning, and that's okay. That's what happens. Babies like to come in the middle of the night. Can I get an amen? And uh, so we're there, and um, we're getting ready. I'm not going to give you a lot of detail. Don't worry. But like, we're there, and it's time. Right? It's time. If you're a parent, you know, it's time. Okay, so it's time to go. And all of a sudden, I'm there holding the hand, the you got this, sweetie, I'm here with you. And all of a sudden, these waves of instability and nausea came over me. And all of a sudden, I'm feeling a little weak in the knees. And I'm, I'm like, honey, you got this. And I'm just leaning on the bed just a little bit. You're good. You're good. And all of a sudden, the nurse looks at me and says, Dad, are you okay? And I said, I think so. He goes, She goes, sit down. I don't need Two patients. So then I'm like kind of backing into this chair and I sit down and she gives me an ice pack and I I put it on my neck and and I'm I'm still trying to be a really supportive husband. I didn't wear glasses at the time and I was like, you got this, honey. You got this. And then all of a sudden I realized that this is not the way I imagined it and I had to say to her, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Like I know it's kind of comical, but it's one of those things you replay over in your mind again and again, and you wish they just would have been a little bit different. It's funny, and I can share it with you, but I wish I could have been that guy just right by your side, honey, just, you know, just strong, like, right here. (laughs) But I wasn't, and you've never held it against me. In fact, you've told me you don't even need me there. You just need the nurse and the midwife. You don't need me. So I feel better about myself because of that. But sometimes things that we reflect on in the past can be comical, can be funny. Still, I wish it would have been different, but sometimes they're not funny at all. Sometimes it's really hard. Sometimes you look back on things and, and you wish that they didn't turn out the way that they did, right? You can look back and at the close of 2023, you look back on it and say, you know, I'm really, I'm really happy. I'm ready to go into 2024. It was a, a good year. In fact, I would say for all of us as a church, we've had a great year celebrating our 100th anniversary and, and seeing people come back again, still in 2023, coming back from COVID and finding a place here. And it's been a wonderful year. And so whether it's good or bad, at some point we have to acknowledge it's over. It's over. Whether it was good or bad, we can't go back, right? So we're looking at a new year now and and getting ready for that new year. But for some of us, we're like, okay, it's good. I'm ready to go into 2023. For others of us, we're wishing we had a time machine so that we could go back into 2023 and just do something different. Do something over. I wish there was a way to either undo that or at least I wish there was a way to erase it so that I don't have to replay it. We wish the past stayed in the past, but unfortunately, often the past comes back up. And when we reflect, we think about, oh man, I wish I wasn't so angry in that moment. Or I wish I didn't say those words that I, I can't really take back. I wish I didn't make that financial decision that I'm paying for still. I, I wish I didn't cause that pain to my spouse. I, I wish I, I could get out of this cycle of reoccurring sin in my life. And I, I, I say I'm not going to do it and then I do it. Or, or, or maybe I'm just, you know, I, I wish I wasn't so disappointed with my own uh, performance in this last year and my expectations of that performance. You know, it's easy to live in the regret of the past, but I want you to know there's no one who understood a haunting past more than our character today. We're going to look at Peter. Peter, the disciple of Jesus, who who was warned by Jesus, pray with me, Jesus said to him, because there's there's a sifting going on in your life. And, And more than that, Peter, you're going to deny me you're going to deny me three times, and, and that's going to be hard on you, but I'm praying for you. And, and, and in the midst of all of this, we pick up the story in Luke 22 and verse 60, and we're finding Peter at this pivotal point where two people have already said, hey, aren't you a disciple of Jesus, aren't you one of the ones who was with him? And he said no, and now he's at this third point. Someone's asked him, hey, I'm pretty sure you're one of those guys. And here's the response. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you are talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. At that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And suddenly, the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. And Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. You see, boy, what a moment. What a haunting moment. Can you imagine that image? As Peter leaves, what he was replaying in his mind. He told me it was going to happen. Why couldn't I see it? Why did I give in to that? Why didn't I stand up? I promised that I was going to stand with him. Oh, and and he looked at me. The way that he looked at me, I, I just feel so terrible. He denies Jesus three times and then leaves weeping bitterly. And you know, one of the things that we have to read in the subtext is that he actually left his calling behind as well. He left it all. He said, after everything that Jesus did for me, I'm swallowed up now. I'm swallowed up by my mistake. I'm swallowed up by my decision. I'm swallowed up by guilt and shame and insecurity. I want you to remember those three words, guilt, shame, insecurity. And I'll tell you why. Because this is the trifecta of emotions that come when you live in the negative past. It's where you'll get stuck. Guilt, shame, insecurity. And and listen, I want you to understand that these are lies that are told to you by your enemy, and he tells them to you about your past. And they really sound like this. The first one is this You're unforgivable. You're unforgivable. And this is guilt. This is where guilt comes to find you. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I should have done that. Why did I do that? Oh, I'm just such an awful person. I'm just covered in guilt. I did too much. I I didn't do enough. And that's why the psalmist says, My guilt overwhelms me. It's a burden too heavy to bear. Has anybody ever experienced that? Oh, the weight of it. I'm just unforgivable. Boy, That can be a powerful lie that comes at you sometimes. Second one that you'll hear is you're unlovable. And maybe this one is the most destructive. You're unlovable. And this is where shame likes to live. Oh, if they found out, if they really knew what I've done or who I am, they wouldn't love me. I'm unlovable. And shame causes us to cover up. It causes us to hide. Like Adam and Eve, when they ate the fruit, the Bible says in Genesis 3, 7, that at that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. So the only thing they could do was just try to hide and cover up. Why? Because all of a sudden, shame. They felt unlovable. Your enemy will tell you you're unforgivable, you're unlovable, and also that you are useless. You're useless. And this is insecurity, friends. This is is powerful against God's plan in your life. What if it happens again? God could never use a person like me. I'm disqualified. I'm the worst in my family. Look at me. I'm such a mess. I got to get things back together. And you can function on a heavy level in guilt and shame and insecurity. And in so doing, you live in the negative past. Aren't you glad you came to church (laughs) for this message? But that's not God's plan. None of this is what God wants for you. And I want you to walk free of it today today in Jesus' name, because when you release your past, God can reveal your future. Amen? Amen. That's the exchange, and that's what we're wanting. So let's look at the rest of the story. In order to look at the rest of the story, we've got to change gospels. We've got to go from Luke to John, and John's gospel is so beautiful because it helps us understand being loved and loving. It has a powerful picture of love in it. It's where John 3.16 is, God loved the world so much that he gave his son. It's all about, this book has a theme of love, and John understood love, and he began to share this greater story about the restoration, and that's what I want for you today, that's what I want for us today, is to live in the restoration of what Jesus does, restoring us and releasing us from our past. And so, in John 21, we start in about verse 4, where the disciples have kind of gone with Peter, who has left his calling and saying, I'm going back to fishing. And so they're fishing all night, and they don't catch anything. This was a common storyline. And then something happens. A voice calls out from the shore and says, throw the nets on the other side. If you are someone who reads the Bible, then you would know that this is also how Jesus started the calling of the disciples. Throw your net on the other side, and you'll get a catch. And so they did it, maybe not fully understanding what was going on. It was all night, so they threw it on the other side because sometimes from the shore you can see things that you can't see from the water. You can see schools of fish. Throw it on the other side, so they did it. And when they start to pull in the nets, they're too heavy, they can't pull them in. And all of a sudden Peter realizes that's Jesus on the shore. And so he does what anybody would do. He puts his clothes on and jumps in the water. Did you catch that? We usually take our clothes off to jump in the water. If you read it, he puts his clothes on, jumps in the water. And he swims like Michael Phelps to the shore. (laughs) He gets to the shore and... He sees Jesus, he's face to face with Jesus, and all of a sudden the awkward reality of the distance between them, of the fact that he's left all that Jesus had called him to, that he actually denied Jesus three times, just like Jesus said he would, that Jesus looked at him with piercing eyes, and he remembers that image, and I'm sure they had an awkward moment, and then they had an awkward breakfast. Jesus probably said, so Peter, want some fish? And they started to eat fish for breakfast, and so they're sitting there eating. And, and the storyline picks up again in verse 15. It says, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Whoa. Simon, son of John, he uses the whole name. When you use the whole name, you're in trouble. When my mama used the whole name, it was bad news. <laughs> William Andrew Moore, and it was like, Bing! you just run right as fast as you can you are in trouble so Jesus uses the whole name it makes sense there was something between them Peter had denied him Peter had abandoned him and so he uses the whole name but I wasn't ready for the second half of the verse I wasn't ready for Simon son of John do you love me I wasn't ready for that. I I was thinking of something else, and maybe you were too. Maybe in your mind you thought, based on the past, it shouldn't be, do you love me? It should be, what did you do? Simon, son of John, remember what I said? Couldn't you go one day? Maybe when we reflect on the past, we do this to ourselves. Aren't you ashamed of yourself? Simon, son of John, don't you feel guilty? What about the apology? Where's that? Simon, son of John, you need to do these three things to make right what you did wrong. But no, no. Jesus just says to Peter, do you love me? And friends, there's a powerful truth in that statement. I need you to understand this. If there's something in my heart to share with you today, it's this. Love is the pathway out of the past. Love is the pathway out of the past. And that's why Jesus says, Peter, recall how you feel about me. I mean, still fresh with nail scars in his hand, still fresh with a wound in the side and and, and the pierce marks around his temple. He says, do you love me? You can see that I love you. Do you love me? He calls him somewhere. He calls him. So now let's read the whole thing, okay? We're going to read from 15 down to 17, and then I'll, I'll keep going. I'm tempted to get ahead of myself because this is actually really great stuff, really powerful stuff. Okay, John 21, starting in verse 15. We'll read that one again. After breakfast, Jesus asked him, Simon Peter, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Verse 16. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, uh, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. The third time, Three times. Verse 17 says, in the third time, he said, do you love me? And Peter's feelings were, were hurt. Jesus does something beautiful here. It's actually ultimately a gift. I mean, if we looked at this text, I could, we could dissect it. It's beautiful. There's different words, Greek words for love used. And there's like a, a lot of deep context. But I want to stay on our point today. We're not going to go there. Staying on our point today. Jesus asked him three times, do you love me? This is ultimately a gift to Peter. Even though his feelings were hurt, it was a gift because he helped him reverse the denial. He said, three times he denied me, and so three times I'm going to remind you, what a race is the past? Love. Love. Express that love. Share that love once again. Do it three times, and even though he was hurt, it was ultimately a gift, and this is an important thought for you, friends, and it's true because it rhymes. You ready? Ready? Jesus is more concerned with our lasting healing than our short-term feeling can I get an amen for that Jesus is more concerned with our lasting healing than with our short-term feeling and so even though this hurt Peter's feelings the point was that Peter you got to release the past because when you release the past then I can reveal the future Do you get it? And so I'm going to just take you right back through it and give you an opportunity to reverse the denial. Here's some more good news. You ready for this? More good news. You can't change your past, but God can give you a new future. Hey, doesn't that feel good as we step out of 2023 and into 2024? You can't change your past, but God can give you a new future. And, And I'm excited about this. And so I want to spend the next few minutes just explaining how to let go of your past. Because I think that's the whole point here. It's about letting it go. Sometimes we're clinging to it and replaying it. And the enemy is using it against us. But we're going to let it go. And here's how you do it. You ready? The first thing is this. Accept that God's grace is bigger than your sin. Oh, come on, somebody. That is good news for you today. Accept that God's grace is bigger than your sin. Way bigger. Way bigger. You know, John, 1 John 1, nine is a beautiful verse. It's a verse of freedom and healing. It says this, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. There's nothing that remains when God's grace gets involved. Can I get an amen for that? There's nothing that remains when God's grace gets involved. And here's the thing, Jesus knows. He sees it all. And he doesn't ask you to go and fix something, to go do something, to feel guilty, to beg. He simply looks at you like he looks at Peter and he says, do you love me? That's our pathway through here. You know, I'm a dad. I love my kids. Sometimes they mess up. Sometimes I mess up with them, but sometimes they mess up with me too. And and in those moments, there's never this sense of, no, I don't love you anymore. Oh, you did that? Love's gone. See ya. Nope. Done. You too? I don't love you. <laughs> you never even wonder about that. In fact, I don't even have to say it, although it's okay to say it. Guys, I'll always love you. Girls, I'll always love you. Always. That's a given. That's a given that you're loved. And so then we, we, we have to ask the question... It's not, what did you do or what did you fail to do? It's, do you love me? And let's build on that. Let's build our future together on the mutual love we have for each other. Let's build our our attitude and our action toward each other, our cooperation and our engagement. Let's build it on the fact that we love each other. I love you, you love me. And listen, that's what God is saying to you today. If you're a follower of Jesus, you need to understand that your standing with God is determined by relationship, not by rules. It's by relationship. He loves you. And he asks you, can you communicate that love back to me? Because that's how you get free of your past because there's a place that covers it all, the grace of Jesus Christ. So you don't, you know, Andy, Andy, you don't understand. You have no idea who I've hurt, what I've done, what mistakes I've made, how I've treated people. And you're right. I don't know. I probably never will fully understand somebody else's world. But here's what I, I do know. Jesus knows. Jesus knows. And in fact, Peter says as much Peter says, Jesus, you know all things. You know everything. He said that in the passage we read. Don't miss that. Jesus already knows. He already knows what happened. He already knows what you did. You don't even necessarily need to rehearse that part of the storyline. What you need to say is, I love you, Jesus. And I want that to be the calling card of my life. I love you, Jesus. He knows everything, He knows your past but he also knows his power. Can someone say amen to that? He knows your past, but he also knows his power. And so when we hold on to our past, here's what we're saying. We're saying that the power of my past is stronger than the power of his cross. When I hold on to my past, I'm saying that the power of what I did is stronger than the power of what Jesus did for me. So friends, we're not holding on to that. We're not holding on to that, because the truth is, is once I confess, I am now cleansed, I am righteous, I am in perfect relationship, and this is beautiful, and that's why the scripture says to you, believer, now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child, and since you are his child, God has made you an heir. This is family language, this is belonging language. John also says, but to all who believe in him and accept him, he gave the right to become the children of God. They are reborn, not with physical birth resulting from human passion or a plan, but birth that comes from God. You belong, friends. Think about your past. And instead of going back through everything that you've done, confess your love for Jesus. Yeah, 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 it happened. But Jesus, I love you. And I want to live out of that love. I want to be blessed in that love. I want to focus on that love. And what was Jesus' response to Peter? Forgiveness. Restoration. Reminded him of his calling. Some of you are saying, oh, I need to be a better person. I need to clean up. I need to straighten up. Many of you are thinking about tomorrow as your day. Your day to to be a better person. To clean up. To to straighten some things out. No, 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 no. Understand this. Your standing with God is determined by relationship, and so you are not what you have done. You are who God says you are. Yeah. You're who God says you are. You're forgiven. You're his child. You're chosen by God, and he has a plan for your life. That's who you are. Why? Because that's who God says you are. And that is there to combat all that negativity so the second thing is how do you let go of the past? Yes, you accept God that God's grace is bigger than your sin and two, you let Jesus define your future. You let him be the one who defines your future. You see God saves you from your past so you can step into your future. That's the whole point. First, Jesus forgives Peter and then secondly, he gives him a new future. He says, "Feed my sheep." He's reminding him of his calling. He's reaffirming Peter's calling. Peter, you're not supposed to be fishing. You're supposed to be shepherding. You're not a fisherman anymore. Now you're a pastor. Go and feed my sheep. He reaffirms his calling. And Peter's calling wasn't grounded in his perfection. It was grounded in his love for Jesus. Peter, do you love me? Aren't you glad that God uses imperfect people? I couldn't stand on this stage if that wasn't the case. None of us could be here if that was the case. God uses imperfect people to impact the world. And I'm so thankful for it. You know, there's a subtext here that's really important. John helps us understand a comparison. He, under- he helps us understand Peter, who orients himself around performance. God, I love you. Jesus, I'll stand for you. I'll fight for you. I'll I'll take up a sword for you. I'll never deny you. So that's performance. And, and, and John helps us see that you can be like Peter and perform, or John becomes the illustration of what it means to feel loved, to belong. He called himself the one Jesus loved. And you know what? That's the difference between performance and belonging. Oh, Friends, you don't have to perform. You need to understand you belong. You need to understand that you belong. That John, because he knew he was loved, was able to be there at the cross, right there with Jesus' own mother, and hear the words of Jesus. Peter, out of his desire to perform, realized he didn't perform well enough, and he left. When you know you're loved, you can return that love. Don't base your relationship with God on your performance. That will fail. Base your relationship with God on the fact that you belong to him. Because when I let Jesus define my future, I see my past, not through my failure, but through God's faithfulness. Not through my weakness, but through God's strength. Not how bad I was, but how good God is. Oh, is it possible that we could start 2024 declaring that my story isn't about my failure, it's about God's victory? That's my story. My story is God's victory. Not what I've done, but who God says I am. I'm called. He has a plan for my life. He has a purpose. He loves me, and I love him as well. You see, you can't change your past, but God can give you a new future. Pray with me, would you? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the opportunity that we have on the very last day of this year to gather together in this room with a thousand other people, Lord, and just declare how good you are, Jesus. And how you love us so beautifully and call us to love you in return. And I just believe that in the house today, there's a desire, God, in, in most, if not all of us, to let go of the past and to let you, Jesus, define our 2024. In fact, with your heads bowed, I'd ask you, if you say, I want the future that God has for me, I want to I let Jesus define my 2024, come on, why don't you just put your hand up with me? My hand's in the air. I want to let go of the past. I want to let Jesus define 2024. I want the future that God has for me. Lord, you see our hands today. You see that this room is full of people that are saying, God, 2024 belongs to you. And 2023 is grace. It's full of grace. A grace that's greater than all my sin. And I'm thankful for that, Lord. And so I live in that grace I praise you for that grace. I thank you for that grace. And I simply say, Jesus, I love you. I love you. Let love be the pathway out of a negative past. I'm letting go of that. Thank you for seeing our hands. I ask you just to put your hands down. I'm going to continue to pray for a minute because there may be somebody here today who says, I want to receive God's forgiveness. I need a relationship with Jesus today today. Uh, I'm understanding what you're saying, Andy. I'm recognizing that God's grace is greater than my sin. If you're in that place today, listen, maybe you've never, ever given your life to Christ. Today can be your day. Can you imagine on the last day of 2023 that your life now belongs to Jesus? Listen, you receive his grace. And if you're here, heads are bowed, eyes are closed, and you say, Andy, would you pray for me? Because I want to receive the grace of God, the grace that's bigger than all my sin. If you say that God's power is greater than my sin, if you say that the cross is more powerful than my past, then I believe in Jesus. If that's you today and you say, I'm receiving Christ, lift your hand right where you are. Lift your hand. Yes, I'm receiving Christ. Yes, many hands in the room. Beautiful. Yes, Lord. Lord, you see our hands today lifted up to you, calling out to you for forgiveness and mercy and grace. And we confess our sin to you. And we believe that you are faithful and just. Thank you for forgiveness, for cleansing, for freedom. Lord, apply your grace to every sin in our life. And we now walk away from that into the great love of Jesus. And we say, maybe even for the first time, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. We pray all these things together in Jesus' wonderful name. And the church said, amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Listen, church, my, my, last, my last little encouragement to you is very simple. Uh, Lisa mentioned before that on January the 23rd, we'll be starting freedom groups. And the whole goal of freedom, we say it this way, it's to help you close the door on the past forever. That's the point, forever. So it's 11 sessions, and and it starts on the 23rd of January. Listen, if you want to make a New Year's resolution, this is a perfect one. Because this will just walk you into a deeper understanding of what I've been talking about today. That you can be free in Jesus. Amen? So consider joining us, okay? All right, let's stand to our feet and let's sing our way out of here. How many of you know God's not done yet? Amen, the year is over, but God isn't done yet. Let's sing about it.